my name is Randy Esparza, and I would like to welcome you to Spirit of Grace on behalf of our pastors, Tim and Tricia Sanders. We just, we're thankful that you're here today. Um, we're thankful, thankful that, that, you know what, every time we gather, it seems like God shows up, and that is so awesome. If we could open in prayer. <clears throat> Wonderful Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your presence. We ask you, Lord God, for your touch, Lord God, your anointing, Lord God, in each and every each and every classroom here today. And we ask you, Lord God, for your presence, Lord God, in our hearts and our minds. We ask you, Lord God, that you lift up the people in Ukraine, that you lift up the people in Russia, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you do for us. But Lord God, we just ask you, Lord God, that your will, your presence, your mercy, and your grace be felt in their hearts, Lord God, in this time, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your will, your mercy. Lord, let your presence, Lord God, flow through today in, in each and every conversation in this house, in each and every message in this house. Lord God, let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, so... This is kind of what do you call those messages when the audience has to be involved in it? Interactive. There you go. Thanks, babe. Um, but so you have to be interactive, okay, in this message. And I'm just going to be, well, you know I'm really kind of transparent up here sometimes. And I'm going to be really transparent today. So, you know, when when you study for these messages and stuff, you know, you get something that you think that God has given you for the, you know, the church, but then you start studying in it, and then it's like, oh my gosh, you're going to say that? And how are you living that? And so you got to pray with me. And then on top of that, you know, I was upstairs, you know, in prayer and meditation today and talking to God, talking to myself, flipping my glasses on and off like I always do when I'm nervous, and then my bow broke on my glasses, okay? So, you know, the confidence level up here on the platform right now, it's not like at 99.99%. I'm just going to be real honest with you. So, you know, so that's your interactive part. You just got to say, Lord God, if he was a woman, he'd be a hot mess. And... <laughs> You, you just got to bless them because, oh, wow. I can't believe sometimes the places I go. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just thankful. You know, I'm thankful for so much. First of all, you know, I've been telling my beautiful wife since, like, probably January 15th, don't worry, babe, this cold weather, next week it's going to be gone. I've told her that every week since probably the middle of January. The worst is behind us. Well, you know what? Don't worry, babe, because the worst is behind us. We're going to get in the 50s this week, they say. I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for that. But, you know, also when I, you know, get up here and I visit with you guys, and I haven't done this for a while, but I give you something that you can just grab a hold of and take on that, you know, and something from the World Wide Web. And I apologize, I've been lacking in that, but I've got a couple things for you today because we all know that everything on the World Wide Web is true. So just keep that in mind when I share things with you that, you know, he is a hot mess, but he probably got that from the World Wide Web. So, you know. <laughs> but did you know that like 2.38 billion people call themselves Christians? 2.38 billion in the world. Did you know there's like 7.9 billion people? So if you do the percentage, that's about 30% of the people in the world call themselves Christians. Well, so I didn't want to break it down to the state and, you know, do all that because that would have taken, you know, a couple hours because I probably would have had to check at least 30 or 40 states to see, you know, what that was. But I did break it down to the United States and there's 230 to 250 million people that call themselves Christians in the United States. There's 300, 
I hope I said million, but there's 329 million people in the United States. I think that's right. But anyway, that's like 69 to 75% of the people in the U.S. call themselves Christians. You got to hold on to that because we're going to come back to that. How many people in this room call themselves Christians? Yeah, I'm a Christian. We all call her, well, most of us call ourselves Christians. And, you know, I happen to know, I'm not going to mention any names, but I happen to know actually some people or a person or maybe a family in this, in this sanctuary actually right now that they don't want to put a KTIS bumper sticker on their car because they may or may not drive the speed limit all the time. <laughs> and so they don't want to give a Christian a bad name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then there's that whole thing. And this one cuts to the core. Has this ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me more than once. And you're in a you know, heated debate with someone, and they say, and you call yourself a Christian. Does that cut to the core or not? Because then you sit and think, hey, I am a Christian. What did I do that was so bad? Is it really that bad what happened? And you call yourself a Christian. So I need you guys to have confidence in what I'm sharing with you today. So... I actually looked up Christian in the Strong's Concordance. And um, being a Christian is simply this. In the Strong's Concordance, it just says simply, it's a follower of Christ. Simply a follower of Christ. That's pretty much right out of the Strong's Concordance. There are some other words in there probably that I don't understand. I'm not going to take the time to figure out. But that's what Christian means. And then I start looking at that, and the first time that Christian was used in the Bible was in Acts chapter 11. Uh, and it was at the church of Antioch. And, but that was the first time that it was used in the Bible. And you know, this next portion, and this is all fragmented. So, you know, if you guys hop off, and, you know, you start thinking or planning what you're going to have for lunch today. Or if you hop off and you start thinking, you know, I've got these 84 things that i got to do today and 69 things that i got to do tomorrow. I get it because this is kind of a little bit. And then my glass is busted. So, you know, I get it if you kind of take off a little bit. But work with me here just a little bit. Like I said, this is interactive. So if you're bored and you, you already got figured out what you're having for lunch, just you know, say a little prayer for me because, yeah, I'm kind of a mess today, like I said. But anyway, you know, what I want to visit with you about, first of all, and please understand, ladies, which is at least 50% of us, or us, you, wow. <laughs> You're laughing at me, and you call yourselves Christians. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, there's at least 50% of you that are ladies. This is from my perspective. Um, this is me, okay? I don't know about you, and if you're one of these, I apologize before I say it. But you know, when people call them a, themselves a coach, and they're not like, you know, the head of a sports team, I get really nervous, okay? So... I'm not a marriage coach, okay? I'm not a life coach. I'll promise you, you know, don't really talk to my wife about all this stuff, okay? Just believe me that I'm not that, okay? But this is my perspective. And, you know, I just need, you know, some of you to, like, just go back maybe two, maybe five, maybe 25, maybe 50 years and just think, you know what? I'm not married and I'm looking for the perfect mate, okay? What does that look like to you? What is the perfect mate? And so, you know, so maybe you identify this perfect mate and, you know, 
maybe you even ask her out and it's like, hey, you know, I'm kind of cool. You want to go out with me? I know. Can you believe that Taryn even dated me? But anyway, so maybe, maybe you, you know, coerced that, you know, special someone to see you, to date you or whatever. And, you know, guys, things, weird things start to happen in your mind when these things happen. You know, a lot of you start brushing your teeth every day, you know. I mean, hey, I got to up my game. You know, I mean, there's just weird things that go on in your mind, and then you think, oh, this is really so great. And, you know, giddiness, I mean, giddiness in the dating time, you know, from the time you start dating until, you know, you get married, it's like, who is that person? You know, who are you? Because you know what? I was never that way in my life before, and I hate to tell you this, but I've never been that way in my life after either. You know, but, you know, Maybe not the first date, you know, you don't say, hey, you can have anything on the Arby's menu as long as it's in my coupon paper here. You don't do those things. You know, you say, hey, I'm going to be kind of a big deal. You know, let's not even go to Arby's. We're going to go to Wendy's. So, you know, but maybe you do that. And, you know, and then maybe, you know, you, you know, Go to an arboretum. Who on earth had ever been to an arboretum before they, like, started dating or got married? I mean, who even looked at those colors, you know? My wife, I tell you, we got married. We moved into the house we're in now, and, you know, she, whatever. It's like we had this deck, whatever, and it's like she's getting all these, like, bird things. It's like, whatever. What do we need all that stuff for? And then she puts them up. I hope that I didn't say it. I may have said this out loud. What do we need all that stuff for? Guys, sometimes you don't have to say everything that think you think. You know, you can just shut your mouth. It was really hard for me to learn that. But you can shut your mouth. You don't even have to tell them everything. And that's not bad for communication all the time if you don't say everything that's not on your mind or that's on your mind. Anyway, so she puts all this stuff up, and it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da, ah, and she's happy about it, and I'm like, what do we need this for? I mean, seriously, what do we need this for? And then, like, you know, shortly thereafter, if it wasn't that day, it was shortly thereafter, and we had these... Uh, orange Orioles, red Cardinals, Blue Jays, these yellow birds, and hummingbirds, like all in like 15 minutes. Like, I'll shut up. This is kind of cool. But, <laughs> but, you know, ladies bring such a different perspective to life. I don't know, fellas, if you figured that out, but, you know, they do. And, you know, your wife doesn't, or your life doesn't have to be, yeah, I know I'm a mess. <laughs> this is the time you guys got to pray for me. But your life doesn't have to be as black and white as it was. But back to, you know, so, you know, you put your Arby's coupons away and you said, you know what, I'm going to dig those out after we get to know each other a little further. So you put those away and you start doing things. And then, you know, comes, it's like, wow, this dating thing is really cool. She's beautiful. She's a hottie. And so, so then you start doing that and it's like, wow. You know, and then you maybe go to her house and, you know, you stay there until like all hours of the night and then you talk all the way home and, you know, and maybe you don't even go out there sometime or go there sometime, but, you know, you just get on the phone and you talk for three hours or something. Who talks for three hours? And then, you know, and then it's okay even if after three hours you're just sitting there and, you know what, I'm on the phone with my beautiful girlfriend, so this is, this is even okay. Okay? I haven't done that for a long, 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 long time. I haven't done that for a long time. But you know what I mean? And then you get into this, and then the cards, you know, maybe come weekly, maybe even daily. You know, flowers, you know, they're kind of a, you know, a thing that you do a lot, you know, and then, you know, it gets a little further and you think, wow, this is really getting serious. And then you start to consider, you know, this could be really, really cool. I could get married. And then you think, oh, this is going to be so cool. And, you know, everything's going to be just so nice and so perfect so nice and so perfect, so nice and so perfect. And you keep telling yourself that. 
This is my message, babe. You want to talk? <laughs> I'm so sick some days. I may pay for that. <laughs> but, you know, and then you think that. And then, you know what? And then, you know, you get this so nice and so perfect. And it's like, I want to get married. And then you hope and pray. Might even bring Jesus into it a little bit. Jesus, this is great. This is really, really good, Jesus. This is what you wanted for me. You got to help me work this out. Jesus, you got to help me work this out. Has anyone ever negotiated with Jesus? Oh, my word. I still do it, and, you know, the more I do it now, the more he kind of just puts me in my place and, you know, basically says, you know, when you're negotiating with me, you're at the wheel. You know, move aside, young guy. But, you know, so maybe you even start the whole Jesus thing. And then, you know what? You propose. My message isn't about this, but you got to work with me here, and this is, again, pray with me here. But then you propose, and like, you know what? She says yes, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And then the excitement comes up to another level. And fellas, you think, hey, you know, I'm getting married. And the ladies, they're planning all this stuff, every little detail, and it's like, yeah, what's up? How's your wedding plans going? I know, I'm getting married. <laughs> I don't know. It's March 29th. You're not invited. <laughs> I did plan one thing. We're talking about catering and stuff. And I had met Tony and Kim a couple times. And I said, you know what? If we're going to have caterers, I want those people. Probably couldn't even remember their names at that time, but I want those people. And, you know, we became fast friends after that. It was awesome. And then I planned my best man. Other than that, I don't think I planned a thing. It was nice. It was really nice. But, you know, then... Then comes the day of your marriage, and it's like, oh, I can't wait. And it's like patiently, impatiently waiting for the whole thing. Oh, I just can't wait. I can't wait. This is going to be so good. And then I got to, because I haven't, you know, checked on my, I'm still back at the Arby's coupons. But, so I got to check my, uh, so then you get to your marriage, you know, and, you know, comes the ceremony, and this is what it's really about. And I have said everything so far as to say this. This is what happens. You get to the wedding, you know, they have these fancy little traditions you do, you know, maybe be the sand ceremony, maybe the candle ceremony, maybe whatever, you know, someone with a way better voice than me gets up and sings a pretty song to you, you know, um, you know, all your relatives are there and they're happy for you and this is just a great time and you're like, yeah, I don't care about any of this stuff. You know, I just want to get married. How many people just wanted to get married? It was like, you know, fellas, you know, I know you're with me on this one. It's like, I just want to do that. I don't care about any of this stuff. And then the pastor gets up there and he says something to this effect. All the pomp and circumstance is gone and he says, will you have this woman to be your wedded wife? Will you love her? Will you comfort her? Honor and keep her for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer? in sickness and in health, to love and cherish, forsaking all others, keep you only unto her as long as, so long as you both shall live. If you're not married, fellas, I'm just going to tell you, this isn't a time to say, you know what, why don't we just live together? It'd be so much easier than that, because you think about what was just said there, you think about that? What you're saying right there is you're entering into a contract. You're entering into a contract, and the scary part about it is 
Most of it's verbal. I'm just going to share a couple words. Cherish. Cherish. Fellas, that's a strong word. I mean, it seems kind of flowery and, you know, nice. And, but that's a strong word. I'll cherish you. I'll cherish you when you want to visit with me in the second period of the wild game. I'm going to cherish you. I'll cherish you when we're watching the 14th rerun of, you know, Dave and Jenny on HGTV. I'll cherish that. I'm going to stay off my phone. I'm not going to be there on my phone because I'm going to cherish you while we're watching this. How many of you do that? I'd love to be able to raise my hand right now. Again, you know what? I'm not a marriage coach. You don't need to talk to my wife to understand that, you know what? I fall short. I fall short on a lot of this stuff. You don't have to talk to Taryn about it. Because you know what? Sometimes when you start talking, things start getting out. You don't need to talk to her. Just take my word for it. I'm imperfect. Wow. But you know, the marriage, the marriage, it's a forever thing. I wish Larry were here right now. Because you know what? Marriage, as long as you both shall live. Marriage is long after the Vikings win a Super Bowl. It's forever. It's like, I just entered into a contract forever. It's verbal. And I'm supposed to knock myself off the you know, driver's seat and put her first in every part of my life. And it's like, but you didn't care because you know what? You were in love. It was so good. It was so, you know, and you said, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then comes the next day and the next week and the next month and things happen. You know, our pastor gets up here, you know, and talks about love and I don't know exactly how he puts him in Trisha's discussions. But I'm thankful because you know what I love about our church? What I love about our church is none of us act like, you know what? I'm the one that's got it all together. We're a church of believers. We're a church of Christians that are growing together. We're a church that tries to love God in everything that we do. You know, I don't know about you ladies. I know that by 11 o'clock on Friday night, my wife hadn't called me. And I was lazy and I sat around on my phone because she wasn't there to watch Dave and Jenny with me. You know, and... I had these egg bake things to make or whatever, and it's like, so I cut everything up. I waited probably until about 10 to do it, you know, because Lord knows she wasn't home, and I wanted to make it look like I was busy while she was gone, so I thought, she'll come home between 10 and 11. Here, I'll be cutting everything, and she'll think, wow, what a great guy. 11 o'clock, she wasn't home, okay? So what I'm thinking is you ladies on Friday night, that God showed up, that God showed up, and you guys were in the midst of a God moment. Well, I'm just going to share with you. You know what? Yesterday, the men's group, God showed up. God showed up, and we were in the midst of a God moment. And that's what I truly love about this church. It doesn't matter, you know what, if you're at Wednesday prayer, if you're at Chain Breakers on Wednesday night, I can't speak for Catalyst, but I bet God shows up. Friday night, God probably showed up. I did call after that because, in fact, I even went out. And it was cold on Friday night. It was horrible. And at 11 o'clock, you know, I talked to Anthony because, you know, I mean, 
He's, if I ever need to cook anything and my wife's not there, he's my go-to. And so I leave my house at 11 o'clock, and I thought, this is crazy. So I called my wife when I was on my way. Oh, what you up to? Well, I'm at the church talking to Kimmy and Renee and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, hmm, this must be really godly. You're there still at 11 o'clock. <laughs> so anyway, I talked to her, you know. It's like, hey, do I need this? Hey, ask Kimmy. You're right with her. So, yeah, I turned around. It was cold. I was, you know, like, you know, I've been telling my wife for two months now that, you know, it's right around the corner. And so I was kind of complaining to myself. But I turned back around, you know, basically got the rest of my stuff done, went to bed. My wife comes home. You know, we talked for 38 seconds because it was 12, 15, 12, 30. So I get up at 5.30 in the morning because you know what? I want to be this really, really good cook in these egg bake things, whatever, you know. doesn't really matter because I'm just going to tell you. I don't know about you ladies, but, you know, the men's breakfast thing, they don't complain. It's like, yeah, this is good. This is really good. What's in it? If they even care. If they, they probably just say that to be nice. You know, but, but you know, so I get up at 5.30 and, you know, trying to just do my deal. And my wife comes out at like 5.35, 20 to 6. And it's like, you know, babe, you don't have to be out here. You know, I mean, you can go back to bed. And it's like, no, it's okay. And it's like, you know, thanks. So I really wasn't thinking much of it until I got in the car. And I'm doing the math, and it's like, you know, she got home at 12.30, 1 o'clock, because the ladies were being spiritual. Then she gets up at 5.30 and helps me. And I'm thinking, you know, she didn't have to do that. But you know what? She did. She did. You know, just to help. Ladies, you need to plug your ears at this point because this ain't for you. But fellas, have you ever taken your wife for granted? Pretty quiet. I have. But you know, God, God, in his infinite mercy, my wife, in her infinite mercy, you know what, wants to be there. When I'm waking up at 5.30, when I'm watching the wild game, don't watch that very much, but when we're doing HGTV, you know what? I'm blessed. This whole marriage thing, I'm blessed. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. That's easy. This is where you got to, if you have like thought about what you're having for lunch, if you thought about all this stuff, this is kind of a good place where you can jump back on. As you notice, I haven't even gotten to the, you know, the scripture portion. I do that often. You know, but I, as you notice, I haven't gotten to that. And I'm going to start again, you know, a Christian, a follower of Christ. That's right out of the Strong's Concordance. The name first given to the worshipers of Jesus by the Gentiles from the second century. And that's in the, new, in, that's in the King James Version, Acts 11, 19 through 30. And that's what I'm going to read on right now. That's what I want to share with you is this portion. Because I'm going to tell you, when I started reading this, I thought, oh my gosh. This whole Christian thing, we make it sound so easy. I'm a follower of Christ. 2.38 billion. I'm a follower of Christ. 2.38 billion. I got to tell you this, though. Spirit of Grace Church, Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Jesus Jesus truly wants a follower of Christ. And what I'm going to share with you right now is not going to be comfortable. And you know, 
sometimes, like I say, when you get up here and, you know, God gives you something and you start reading through that and it's like, yeah, can I really be saying that? Because, you know, I don't live this very good, Jesus. It's not comfortable. So just keep in mind this maybe uncomfortable feeling you get. I've been through this already, and it's not really that fun. But again, a Christian, a follower of Christ, the name was first given to the worshipers of Jesus by the Gentiles from the second century. So this is the whole Christian thing that I feel led to share with you. Acts 11, 19, 11, 19 through 30. And this talks about the church in Antioch. And it says, Now those who had been scattered by persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading word, the word among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyp Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, also telling them the good news about lo the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw, that the, the, he saw what the grace of God had done, and he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Again, a Christian is a follower of Christ. During this time, some of the prophets came down from Jer Jerusalem to Antioch. One of, the one of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters in, Ju in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. That was real easy for me to read, okay? And then I start going back through it, and it's like, hmm, this could create a huge problem for my theology right here. I need to read this again. Okay, so I go back up to, you know, 25 and 26, and it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Christian, yep, I'm a follower of Christ. Yep, that's me, follower of Christ. I do good. I'm a do-gooder. Jesus loves me. I go there every Sunday. We've got this relationship. Come every Sunday, hang out. Trisha and the praise team, they get us raring to go. Feel the spirit of God. Pastor gets up. Blows me away with an awesome message. Pay my 10%. I'm good. I'm a Christian. Oh, but then, the problem with that is it says the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So then, herein lies the problem. What is a disciple? Because a Christian, the thing that we call ourselves the Christian, okay, before they were a Christian, they were a disciple. Therein lies the problem with my theology. Because guess what? The Strong's Concordance, they have something for the Christian that was after the disciple. But the problem is, is they have something for the disciple too. And if a disciple was a Christian 
after they were a disciple, it means if you're a Christian, you need to be a disciple. And it's like, this is getting really complex, and I like just being a Christian because it was easier. Because there's 2.38 billion of us that are Christians. Oh, and then I think, okay, so I got to be true to this. I got to go to something, again, way above my pay grade. Because you know what? I don't get into the strong concordance a lot. You know, Pastor Paul, they don't have to do it. But I have to get into the Strong's Concordance to figure this stuff out. So anyway, work with me here. Disciple, okay? Strong's Concordance. It's math 80s. It comes from math. But this is what it reads. The mental effort needed to think something through. This is a disciple. The mental effort needed to think something through. In parentheses. And then after that it says properly. To think something through. There's a problem with that word properly, I'm going to guarantee you. Because you know what? I'm really good at thinking things through. I'm really good the second date. Hey, anything on the Arby's coupons, you can have it. Is that proper? I didn't do that, by the way. Thought about it, didn't do it. Back to that, though. The mental effort needed to think something through properly. A disciple is a learner, comma. A disciple, comma. A follower of Christ. Wait a minute. That's a Christian, follower of Christ. Great. Follower of Christ. I'm that. Because you know what? I go there Sunday morning. And I'm good, follower of Christ. But the problem is, is it doesn't stop there. A follower of Christ who learns the doctrines of the scripture. Okay, well, I read my Bible. I'm good still. Follower of Christ learns the doctrines of the scripture. Dwayne sends me messages every morning and I read them. And if I'm on my A game, I actually pull up my Bible app and read that verse they send there too. I'm a Bible scholar. I'm a Christian. A follower of Christ who learns the doctrines of the scripture. But then it doesn't stop there. It says, and the lifestyle they require. Wait. If I'm a Christian, I'm actually a disciple because a disciple was before a Christian and in Antioch they called them Christians, but they called him a disciple first. Oh boy, this is confusing. I don't know if I should read any further on this because you know what? This is getting way more deep than I choose to be sometimes. It's easy calling myself a Christian. Okay, but then they learn the doctrines of the scripture and the lifestyle they require. And then this is not a word that I really get, but it's probably about catechism. It says someone catechized or something like that with proper instruction from the Bible. Okay, so proper instruction, that's cool. But it doesn't stop there either. You know, if they would just stop this stuff at a couple places and omit some things, this would help my theology a lot. But they don't. Because in Strong's Concordance it says, with proper instruction from the Bible, with its necessary follow-through. Oh! I was good calling myself a Christian. But then I got to read the Bible? I'm good because Dwayne sends me that. <laughs> but then I got to do that, and I've got to actually like, learn it and study it, and I got to do that lifestyle. It says lifestyle. This ain't my words. This is frustrating. It says lifestyle. Oh, my gosh. And if you could be up here sometimes, you'd think, and you call yourself a Christian. Oh, my gosh. And the lifestyle with proper instruction from the Bible with its necessary to follow through. 
And then in parentheses, at the very end of this, it says life applications. I'm really good at math, so I go everything with math. Do the math on that. Okay, so I call myself a Christian. And it says right in here, a follower of Christ, that's easy. A disciple who learns the doctrines of the scripture. Okay, I get the Bible out. I learn the doctrines of the scripture. I wish it would stop there, but it doesn't. And it says the lifestyle they require. The doctrines of the scripture that we base our lives on, if we're Christians, we have to apply those to our lives. We have to apply those to our lives. Life application. So this whole, you know, I call myself a Christian thing, it, until I read this, you know, Antioch thing, verse 11, 26, it was like, I'm a Christian. But then it's like, wait a minute. You're a disciple before you're a Christian. It's like, that's not very fair. I was good with just Christian. And then, that was the easy part. Because it gets worse or better. Because Let's fast forward because a lot of times I just kind of get to the end and then it's like people start coming in and then, you know, I don't get to my end because the people are coming in and then I get nervous and I broke my glasses. There's a lot of things happening there. So I just want to tell you this. We think it gets worse, but it actually gets better. It actually gets better because you know what? If we call ourselves a Christian and then we decide, you know what? I need to truly, truly study what I am saying. I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if I'm a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know what? I got to study God's word. I got to think it through properly, not through the filter of Randall Stephen Esparza, but properly. And then I've got to apply it to my life. That's what I got to do. I hate to tell you this. I don't think God gave me this just for me. Sorry, Spirit of Grace, this is what I believe. Spirit of Grace Church, God, our Lord Jesus Christ, shows up through the Holy Spirit pretty much almost every time we get together. Every time two or three are gathering. You know, Dwayne and Carol on Wednesdays, They got it going a lot more than me because you know what? I get here about noon for prayer on Wednesdays, right? They've been here since 1130. You know, I come, you know, check my box, you know. But you know what? Every time I come to check my box, every time I come to check my box, you know what? Something different is here. And the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is here where two or three are gathered. And you know what? He doesn't have to do that. Our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't have to come here and, you know, and anoint our pastor, anoint Trisha and the, you know, the praise and worship team. Doesn't have to do it. But you know what? He's chosen us. He's chosen us to be a body. He's chosen us to be a body. Okay, but what he wants from us is this. Matthias, a mental effort needed to think something through properly. A learner, a disciple, a follower of Christ who learns the doctrine of, of Scripture and the lifestyle they require. Something catechized with proper instruction from the Bible with its necessary follow-through. In other words, life applications. You know, God comes, he shows up, he says, you know what, I'm going to bless you with my presence. And we go home, I mean, I go home almost every Sunday. I leave Wednesday afternoon when there's three, four. I mean, if it gets crazy, there might get five or six people here. I leave sometimes Wednesday afternoon and it's like, you know what, I just had a meeting with our Lord Jesus Christ. And God has chosen to do that to this church. And he has chosen to do that to this church, not so we can go home and on Sunday and say, you know what, I gave him the offering. You know, 
Patricia sang my favorite song, Holy Water. Praise and worship team was awesome. Pastor knocked it out of the park again. I'm good. He doesn't want that from us. But I'm going to share something with you. You know what? When we look through and apply being a, a disciple into our lives, it's not always that easy. Sometimes it's lonely. Because you know what? Sometimes you're thinking, and you call yourself a Christian. Because I'm good and I can judge. Just don't ask me what's going on up here sometimes because I ain't going to tell you. But you know what? God, if we choose to become his disciple, and again, this is my ending, but I'm going to go back to some more stuff. But if we choose to become his disciple, if we choose to live for him, you know what? He's going to bless us, okay? He's going to bless us. And you know what? I'm just going to share with you, you know, there's this, you know, insanity, crazy, despicable world that we're living in right now. There's not a lot, you know, that we can do besides pray to our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I mean, I get very angry. And I personally don't tolerate Vladimir Putin. But what do you think God thinks of Vladimir Putin? Probably not happy with them. Probably not. But he wants Vladimir Putin's soul. That's hard to say. I'm going to share with you, Spirit of Grace. This thing called the world that we live in could easily, 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 easily get a lot worse than what we see right now. It could get a lot worse. But you know what? If we apply, if we become a disciple, what we can be guaranteed is the peace that passes all understanding. We can be guaranteed that. You know what? I don't know what's going on, but you know what? He's still on the throne. I just need to follow him. I need to read his word. More than Dwayne says, more than Dwayne breathes, breathes into me every morning, I need to do that, and then I need to apply it. And then he will give the increase, whatever that increase means. And for each and every one of us, you know what? He's fit us perfectly together to be a body of Christ. And you know what? Your increase isn't going to look like your neighbor's increase. You know, your burden isn't going to look like your neighbor's burden. But you know what? You have a body of believers that he's put you in. That he's put you in to weather any storm. I thank you. I thank you that we are, you know, a united church. I thank you for that. You know, we got a pastor that fears God. We've got a pastor that reads God's word. We've got a pastor that God has chosen to anoint. We need to be thankful for that. Because God doesn't have to do that. Thank you for the unity in this church. Thank you for looking for, out for after one another. Because you know what? This is what God wants. is a strong, healthy body of believers. And we're probably not there yet. But we're getting there. We're moving in the right direction. And that was really my closing. But again, there's a couple things that you gotta, I got to share with you. And this is not really good. It's not, it's not really, really fun to talk about. But I have to share it with you. Okay? Because in Luke 14, 25 through 34, it says, And there went great multitude, multitudes with him. He turned and said unto them, You know, when he was living on the earth, you know, there were people, there were people, you know what? And, 
you know, and I know this for a fact because you can read it in God's word. There were people that were, you know what? I'm getting on that guy's coattails because you know what? He's going somewhere. And he says right to them, yep, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to my death. And people closest to him was, you know, coming up to him saying, hey, you know, can I sit on your right hand? I want my boys up there. And it's like, are you serious? Do you even know what you're talking about? There were hanger-ons in Jesus' time. I don't know why I told you that, but you know what? Jesus wants more than a hanger-on from us. He wants us to be disciples. And it says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren, brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. This isn't the fine print. This is not the fine print. This is right in Luke. This is the contract that I'm signing with our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think, due to the fact that, you know what, he designed marriage, I don't think that he really was speaking literally that you got to hate your wife. So don't, you know, come up and say, yep, got to hate my wife. HGTV's on. Not participating this time. This is the contract with our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying here is, you know what? This is the most, you know, intimate thing I designed. Marriage. Okay? But you know what? I'm above that. I'm above your marriage. You got to love me more than that. And then in verse 27, it says, And whoever doth not, doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I don't know about you, but I don't think, you know what, carrying a cross down the road is something that I'm really that interested in. But Jesus says, you know what? If you don't take your cross, what are crosses for? That ain't pretty. You know, we get this graphic thing on Easter, what crosses are for. If you don't die to yourself, it doesn't say, you know what? If you don't take your, your neighbor's cross and help them, it says if you don't take your cross. If you don't take your cross... It's your responsibility every day to die unto me and to put, put me first. This isn't a contract that you have with our Lord Jesus Christ if you want to be his disciple. This is not easy stuff. This is sure fun to talk about, too. <clears throat> you got to love our Lord Jesus Christ more than you love even your wife, your child, your mother, your father your sister, your brother. And then you know what? You got to take your cross. Say, Jesus, I'm going to die for you. Not only today, but you know what? I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I'm going to do it on Wednesday. And I'm going to do it on Friday. Because that's what your rules are. That's what it says right here. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to be your disciple. I'm going to be the Christian. I sure wish that they would have put Christian before disciple. That would have made my life so much easier in this. Because there's 2.8 billion Christians. But truly, Jesus, Spirit of Grace, Jesus is coming to Coon Rapids, Minnesota to meet with us week in, week out, have anointed services, have anointed praise and worship, because you know what? He wants a little bit more from us than being a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. That's so easy to say. Being a disciple? I'm sorry, but that's so much harder to live. And then, 
It says, for which, you intending to build a, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether ye have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that is behold to be, all that behold him begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and he wasn't able to finish. Or what king is going to make a war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him that comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while it is the other, or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. What Jesus is saying here is think about it. Think about it. This is what I want from you. I want you to be a Christian. I want you to be my disciple. I can't look at being a Christian anymore like I used to. Jesus is saying, think about it. You want to be a disciple? Spirit of grace, that's where you're being called. You want to be a disciple? You think about it, because it's not going to be easy. And then he follows up. He says, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all he hath cannot be my disciple. This is fun. Whoever does not put everything aside, abandon everything, and give their Lord to Jesus Christ cannot be his disciple. I've got some work to do. And then it says, salt is good. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that hath ears, let him hear. I love that portion of scripture in Revelations 3. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Paraphrase totally, but that's what it's saying. I love that. If you have ears today, you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, you know what? I want you, I want you further spirit of grace. I want you to be a Christian. Yes, I do. But I want you to be a disciple. I want you to cast everything out. I want you to abandon everything and give it to me first. I was comfortable with just being a Christian. This isn't fun to share with you. It's not easy. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy being a, a disciple. Because you know what? Jesus expects a lot from us. He does. But what we have in return, the peace that passes all understanding, what we have in return, you know, his anointing, his love, the feeling that we have here on Sunday mornings. That's what we have in return. But he wants us to draw closer unto him. He wants it all. You know, earlier today when I was speaking about marriage, well, yesterday when I was studying, like marriage that's a commitment we know how fun it is to be married we know how hard it is to be married sometimes we know the benefits we receive from that 
But if Jesus says, count the costs, you got to hate everyone else and love me that much higher. This relationship with Jesus, it's more than a Sunday morning thing. Because that's what he wants. He wants you more than Sunday morning. He wants you more than that. He wants me more than that. It's so easy to, you know, come here, and I'm so thankful. But you know what? Our Lord Jesus Christ wants more from us. I don't know how to end this, but I thank you guys so much. I thank you for being able to serve God with you. I'm very thankful for being part of this.